The reading today is taken from Romans chapter 15, beginning to read at verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbour for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations, the Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. Good. You can't hope. Have you got hope this morning? Yes. You have. Yes. Great. So let's see where we go as we go. I'm I'm quite excited by this. Is it hope though, or is it wishful thinking? You sure about that? Because I'm hoping I'm going to have an apple pie for lunch today. Or maybe that's wishful thinking. <coughs> My grandson, who is 11, 12, 13, I think, I can't remember, supports a certain football club. Steve has the sadness of supporting the same club. Shrewsbury. And it, they both hope that they're going to do well. That's wishful thinking, isn't it, really? (laughs) And then, 
Lots of people are sitting down and praying that they might get a good job, loads of money. I can remember a time many years ago when I'd set my heart on two cars, a big house, and then God got in the way. <laughs> there are also people who are hoping they're going to do well in their exams. Well, that's one way of looking at it, isn't it? But what does God want? What does God want? Think of that passage that Ingrid read to us. What God wants, he wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have just a little bit. He doesn't want you to have a little bit of peace. He wants you to be filled with joy. He wants you to be filled with peace. That's what God wants. In 1 Peter 3.15, many of you will know this verse. It says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I saw a video the other day of a, uh, a Vox Pop it was, of people being interviewed and asked, well, how do they share the gospel with other people? And there are loads of them were there, you know, about five or six people, and each of them said they had great difficulty in sharing what was within them. They couldn't talk about Jesus. Be prepared for the hope that you have. No, I said, have you got hope? Yes, you all said. Are you willing to talk about it with others? Are you willing to share what is within you with other people? Now, there's, I want to put this into you. The Bible, the word hope means certainty. And the only reason it is called hope rather than certainty is that we do not possess what is hoped for yet although we will. We lo this is what the Advent is all about. We're waiting for our Lord to return. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. We're waiting. And we're certain it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but we know it will. Now, Paul wrote that lovely passage to the Romans, and someone described the Roman church like a garden plot into which different plants were sown. And if you look at the church in Rome, what a mix-max of people. Egyptians, Palestinians, Syrians, even Britons, people from France, etc., etc., etc. In other words, we are from all over the place. And think of the mess they could get themselves into, because they all came from different cultures. Now, we often, I often used to start off meetings years ago, and I get people to say, now, where are you from? Now, I reckon I could do that this morning and I'd find about a dozen different places where we've all come from. I'm not going to do it because they haven't got time. Have we, Steve? But think about it. That church was a mishmash of people from different cultures and therefore they would have different ideas about things. This is why Paul was saying, you must dwell in unity, you must live together, you have to learn to love one another, to learn to care for one another. You have to learn to do these things because that is what the gospel is all about. And the Roman church is no different from any other church that we come across. So, it gives us a reason that we should be optimistic. It's a four-letter word called hope. I was involved last year, a couple of years ago, and as was Andrew with uh, Hope 08. There's now Hope 11, I think, going on now for next year. 
and we had great fun with it, but I think, Andrew, I think you would agree, we had difficulties as well. Because although the word hope was used, we all seem to have no hope. It's a thought for you to think about. But hope. Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not a little peace, but filled with peace through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope. You know, someone, I can't remember who it was many years ago, called Christians the frozen people because they never opened their mouths about anything, especially about the strength of the Lord Jesus. And that hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Many years ago, I heard an evangelist uh, called Eric Delve. And he was talking about God, he was talking about faith, he was talking about how great God was, how God had created the earth, how God had sent Jesus into the world, how Jesus had been raised from the dead, and all this was done by the power of God. And he said, and then he talked about the Holy Spirit, and he said, and don't forget that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The same Spirit who helped create the earth, who created the earth, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. And he lives in you. Then he waited a space. I said, it should make a bit of difference, shouldn't it? It should make a bit of difference. Does it? And our key verse for this, for this day, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow, you may be bursting with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice it's not you. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit who works within you. So why should we be optimistic? The effect of optimism. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. On a Tuesday morning we have the opportunity to come together just to pray with each other. Just to pray. And the prayers can bounce across the room. And we can add to the prayers. Where they can grow. We can motivate each other. You know, a prayer will be prayed and someone will say, I know I can do something. A friend of mine called Brian Mills, you've heard me talk of him, um, always used to say, our prayers should always have legs. In other words, if you pray, be prepared to go and do something about it. In other words, don't go praying for John Jones there's no one named John Jones here, is there? Don't go praying for John Jones if you're not prepared to go and share the hope that is within you with John Jones. Don't expect someone else to do it if you're praying for them. And then the effect that it can have on unsaved folk. I want, you to, I want to put this picture in your mind. Emma shared earlier on 
about the messy church, about it being a, a, a new congregation, a, a congregation which is part of us. And she said, come along and help us. Do you know what? It would be lovely because we, because of the hope we have within us, can have an impact on folk who are coming in. The grandmas, the granddads, the, the mums and dads, the children. We, because of the hope we have within us, can make a difference. Think about that, because that's a real challenge to us. Do we want it to happen? Now, I put this in because I want to, I think it's a challenge in lots of ways. If any of you lacks wisdom, I got told off after the first service, by the way. They said I rushed through these two slides too quickly. And I, spoke, and, I, and I didn't allow people a chance to read them. So go ahead, read. If anyone, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. You know, that's a lovely thought, isn't it? Without finding fault. He doesn't look on us and say, because you've been a bad boy, you can't have that. He's without fault. And it will be given to you. And when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Think about it. This is where I invite criticism in one sense. Because folk can turn around and say, well, God doesn't really answer our prayers. I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received and it will be yours. I remember, I shared this, I shared it in the first service. When I was a curate in Carlisle, I used to run a very large youth group. And we had some youngsters come up from Toxteth to visit us. Uh, from Liverpool, that was, from Toxteth. And they came to visit us. Uh, they were amazed, at, this was when I was in Carlton, they were amazed at the size of Cumberland sausages. You know, one lad said they go from there right round, you know. Um, but anyway, that's a, another story. And, but they invited us back to Toxteth. They invited us back to go and visit their church, St. Philemon's in Toxteth, and spend a day with them. Which we did. We got on the, I called it a sherebank, a bus. And we went down to, to Toxteth, to Liverpool. And we spent time with the church there, the folk there. Thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. And one of the things we did, we went for a walk uh, through Liverpool, down Hope Street, down to Lion Street Station, from Toxteth. And I remember looking at the deprivation in that town. Looking at all the things that were happening there. And I could see, I thought, oh, this is awful. So I said a prayer. I said, please, Lord... Don't ever send me to Liverpool. <laughs> what did he do? He heard my prayer and sent me to Bootle, which is next door. <laughs> now, I said to someone before the service, have you got a testimony? Something to share about prayer? Because you see, it's all my, all right, me talking about prayer. But when it happens in reality, let me tell you, some, someone came up to me after the first service and said, David, thank you for that, because on Thursday, my husband wasn't very well. And I thought I was going to have to dial 999. I thought I was going to have to dial 999, because yet again, to get him into hospital. And she said, I just heard the Lord say to me, she said, I've been very restless. Why are you looking to man and not to me? And she said, I just prayed 
that he would be better, that I wouldn't need to call an ambulance. And within ten minutes, he was better. We were able to get back off to sleep. That's a wonderful answer to prayer. It wasn't me. It was someone sharing with me. But I think, Sue, you, 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 you've got something to share, say to us as well. So then, oh, am I on? Yeah. Um, on Saturday morning, uh, I went to Beth, Christchurch Beth Kept Secret, which of course is the Missionary Action Group prayer breakfast. <laughs> and I took with me a jar of marmalade. And uh, uh, Sarah, who hosts us, she loves marmalade. And in my cupboard was this jar of marmalade. And Martin said, it's very appropriate that you're taking that marmalade for Sarah because the marmalade was something that was prayed about back in January because my mum makes marmalade and I was going to help her and we had a bit of a, a crisis about finding oranges to make the marmalade with. So, in, full, in fact, we prayed at the Missionary Action Group about that marmalade, believe it or not. We do pray for the missionaries as well. <laughs> but we prayed for the marmalade. So there is this wonderful answer to prayer turning up at Missionary Action Group several months later. But I tell you that because that was, a, that was a very sort of simple thing that we prayed for and you can see a result from. Some things are easy to pray for and some things are not. And one of the things that I have found very difficult to pray for is in regards to my mother because she's in her 80s and this year she's been harassed by cold callers on the telephone and her memory's been failing and it's been very difficult to know what do you pray so I've been praying one of the simplest prayers I've ever learnt. And I've been praying, God, I pray your highest and your best over my mm. mother. And I can tell you that in August, very suddenly, it came very clear that she needed to go into a home. And we were able to put her into a home very quickly. We've been able to clear her house. We have sold her house within a week. And the whole event in her life is done and dusted. And best of all, she's very happy. She's got a good home, she's found a new friend, and she's enjoying her martini very much. <laughs> but I'm saying it because on one hand, there's a simple prayer, we need oranges for the marmalade, and God answered that. And on the other hand, there's a, I really don't know how to pray, so Father, please do your highest and your best, and he's done it. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Now... Katie, you, you, you talk to her. I'm only here to give Fionn confidence. <laughs> um, I've always been afraid of the dark, and on Wednesday I, it was prayed about, and the, a day later I was walking up my road because I go to a youth group on a Thursday, and it was only when I got back from it that I realised that I wasn't afraid of the dark anymore, and I was absolutely ecstatic that it had been all sorted. Thank you. I thank you ever so much. Thank you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, I leave it with you. How much do you believe your prayers? Someone once said, if you're going to pray for rain, not at the test match, Steve, if you're going to pray for rain, by an umbrella. It's important to believe what you pray for. 
This is what we have in confidence in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked for of him. Our God, our God is a powerful, wonderful God who loves us, who cares for us and wants us the highest and the best, wants us to have that because that's what he loves us for. All we've got to do is to put our trust in him. Now let's go on a bit further. Then we need to act in hope. To impact others for Christ, we need to preach a sermon. Of acts, not of words. That is more important than anything else. The care of others. A sermon of acts, not of words. People will not listen unless our words are backed by actions. The Jews are having a great problem at the moment because of their difficulty in keeping the young folk in the faith, as it were. They're having a real problem. And uh, I read a paper about it the other day and in it was this, this quote and I, I've, I've taken it right out of context. But I want you to look at it. All my life I struggled to under, understand the nature of human beings. Now I know human beings are the language of God. In other words, you and I speak God because of what we are, who we are, and what God has done with us and for us. He's poured his Holy Spirit into us so that everything we do and are is God's, not ours. As we sow in tears, we'll reap in joy. The joy of a soul saved or a Christian helped to grow. When you act in hope, you live and speak for Christ. But then we've got our special hope which is Advent all about, which is, this Advent is all about waiting. The return of our Lord Jesus. He could come at any time. Now some of us are fearful of that. We are waiting for his return. Come Lord Jesus. Oh come, oh come Emmanuel. Come Lord Jesus. And we should live our lives accordingly. And we should or will be acting to please God, not ourselves. Confession. I got up this morning, and the, well, I did get up this morning, but the first thing that I did was to turn on the radio to find out what the test match score was. Well, first of all, it was raining, and two cricketers were talking about chuck houses ducks, drakes, and how to look after them. I perhaps should have got straight up, out of bed, and gone and had a quiet time. It would have been far more fulfilling at that particular moment. We should be acting to please God. 
May the God of hope, our key verse again, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is the God of hope. He is responsible for hope. And we have hope because of the cross, because Jesus died for you there. And because of his death and your faith, you have hope. Jeremiah wrote these words long before Jesus. He wrote these words and said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And God's method is this. Then you will overflow with hope, not by your own effort, but by the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. What God wants, we've seen that slide once before. He wants all these things. And we can only have them because we're, we're filled by the power of the Spirit and filled with hope. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. So you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I change the word hope? May the God of certainty fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with certainty by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.